Greetings, beautiful. You are listening to Stepping into the Light with Julia Treat. That's me, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am grateful for your presence and just for listening to me go on and on sometimes. You know, I share my life every single day. I live transparent. And not only has it helped me as I've broadcasted out to the world through this podcast, but I hear from so many that it has helped so many of you as well. I started this work thinking, you know, I want to help others. I want to help others. I want to help others. I always have. Little did I know that this podcast would be actually what would be healing me. For people that have followed me from day one, I went from reading from my book because I was terrified that I would have nothing to say or that everything had to be rehearsed or that no one would like me or I would get lots of negative commentaries. And if you follow, if you, you know, so a lot of people that say they binge listen to my podcast. So if you've gone from day one to now, I have no doubt that you've noticed the shift in me. Not only in just how I present myself, how I talk about things, my perspective, my demeanor, (laughs) everything's changed. So that has all to do with the, the title of this podcast, which is Miracles Can Unfold So Easily When We Let Go of the Lies. I... Literally heard siren bells, siren bells, I don't even know why I said it that way, sirens going off in my head. Hey, sometimes it's bells, which is the angels. But it was sirens. After speaking with a young lady today, I mentor some children and they reach out when they need to speak with me. And this one young lady who's a teenager, um, during our conversation came up how much she's stressing about getting into college and she's a junior. She's going to be a junior next year, I believe. And I couldn't, I mean, I watched her and I couldn't believe, I mean, I know she's not alone. So many children stress about how they're going to get into college on a daily basis. Like it's always on their minds. And so as I'm listening to her and we're talking about what she wants to do and what she wants to go to school for and, and where she wants to go, which quite honestly was one school. It did come out, you know, in her message that, honey, you need to think broader than that. So much broader than that. Don't have tunnel vision that it has to be this school. And so I went into an example, as often comes up in readings or sessions, that universe will remind me of something I went through so that I can use it as an example of how when we let go of the the lies we tell ourselves, this conditioning that it has to be at this school, or I'm going to have to work and save up the money to go, or I'm never going to get in if I don't have a scholarship or a grant. That is all fucking lies. So I told her, I said, "Let let me tell you my story about when I went back to school. I went back at the age of 29 to start my my uh, bachelor's in communication disorders. I wanted to be a speech pathologist and that was my starting place, was communication disorders. It was a four-year program and I worked full-time. I lived in an apartment with a roommate 
and I went through the program in three years. Four-year program, and I made it in three, just because I decided I was going to, and I decided that it was going to be easy, and that I was going to be able to do it, and that I could juggle everything. And so I made it in the three years. I did not go crazy. I didn't have to take drugs for anxiety or depression. I met my now ex-husband, but my future husband at the time during that time. We had a wonderful relationship. I had fun. I went out. I, I had a life, a very well-rounded life. And so I was, um, I don't know if I was competitive with classmates per se. I think it was just my own thing that I wanted to just really push myself to do well. And, you know, when I would apply myself, I really could do well. That was just the truth. So came graduation, you know, getting ready for graduation from the undergraduate program, the bachelor's program. And then you, know, you start applying for the master's program because speech pathology, when I took it, is a master's program. Um, I know they were talking about changing that. I don't know what it is now. But when I went through it, you had to have a master's. So I started applying. And I applied, I think... Oh, haha, you're gonna love this. I actually did apply at one, one school. I'm giggling because I was telling that young girl today, I said, don't be, have tunnel vision and choose one school. But that's what I did. I just had my own epiphany. I applied to one school and I, who knows? I mean, I wasn't doing this kind of stuff back then. It's not like I could see myself. I knew I was gonna be going there. That's just the school I wanted to go to. And it was the University of Kansas, go Jayhawks. Any Jayhawks fans out there? <laughs> My family has been Jayhawks fans forever. I think it started with my uncle who, um, gosh, I, I, I hope I get this right. I think he played basketball for them. Oh, or maybe it was his high school. Apologize, Uncle Jack, if I get that wrong. Uh, he's peering down. He's, in, uh, he's dancing with the angels, but I definitely know he's here with me now. So we were all Jayhawks fans. My brother... Uh, had moved there. My parents lived there. I'm trying to think, actually, let me back up. I can't remember who went first between my parents or if my brother went. Anyway, my parents were there. I wanted to be there. I believe I was next, and then my brother. I mean, I don't, I don't remember these things. It was so long ago. So I applied to the University of Kansas I was not top in my class in my undergraduate, but I was like second. I also, so when I did the research with the school, um, number one, they were one of the top 10 speech language pathology schools in the nation, top 10, and there are many. So this is a top elite school for what I want to do. They generally let in 20 people into their master's program. And so, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands, applications that are coming through to that school because they're in the top 10. They also had, you know, two campuses. One was in the medical hospital and then one was, um, you know, more kind of, how am I going to say, like, like early intervention based and school based and that type of thing. So it was a w w very well-rounded school. You could get anything the entire program was so amazing. So 
I would I don't know if I ever had the thought I had the thought of I won't ever get in. I think I just had the thought of well, definitely won't get in if I don't apply. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So I applied. I sent my application in knowing that they're getting all of these applications letting 20 people in from what I had been told. 20 people. The elite of the elite is what, what I was looking at. And I'm second best in my class out of thousands and thousands and thousands of schools that teach this. So, um, you know, with the application, you write a letter and you have to fill out all this stuff and let them, you know, send it on its way. And then you wait. So KU was the only school I applied to. I can't help but think at this very moment that was the universe just guiding me. Uh, now that I just had this another aha moment. So I got the response. And you know that if you've ever waited to find out if you get in somewhere or to get your dream job or whatever it is that you have to wait, it's just, it's like torture. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I have to know. So I got the notification that I had been accepted. And I can't remember why or what happened, why I needed, oh, wait, let me think. I'm sorry. I'm really trying to get the details straight. So what I remember is I got accepted. <clears throat> and when I met the board. I don't see that's the part I don't remember if I had to travel to meet them or if it was when I started school and I met with them. So anyway, I'm sitting with the board. These are the people that decide who gets in. They, they met with each of us uh, one at a time. First, they met, they put us in this room as a group and they made the announcement. This is the first year ever that we have let 40 people in. So they had doubled it first year ever. It always been 20. So we were, you know, all of us looking around because we knew there were more than 20 in that room and we were just kind of giggling and, you know, saying, yay, oh my God, like, that's amazing. But I stood in front of this board and, you know, they talk about your application and your letter, everything that you sent in. And they're letting you know, it was just like a review of what you sent them. And they said, you know, we thought you'd like to know that, you know, you didn't have the highest grades of many of the people that applied that didn't get in. You didn't have as high of, of, as grades as they did. But what was the deciding factor was the letter you wrote as to why you want to be a speech pathologist. So I smiled and one of the board members read the letter out loud, even though they had all read it already. Or no, they had me read it. That's right. So I read them this letter. And I told them how I had always been searching, like how I could help people. And, and I had had jobs doing that. I mean, I was a bartender for 15 years. I helped people. I was like the, the best friend, the person I talked to, the person they leaned on, the person they laughed with, the person they danced with. So I helped people then. I was a hairdresser. I helped people then. I helped them feel better about themselves. I let them tell me my pro tell me their problems. So this letter was, I wrote something to the, I wish I would have kept it, to be honest. I really do. Um, but I told them that I was at the next phase where I wasn't feeling fulfilled and that I had been asking for guidance. I didn't say from universe. I just said I've just been asking myself for guidance. That is universe, you know. Asking myself for guidance as to what is the next what can I do where I'm still helping people but will feel so fulfilling to me? So the day that we graduated hairdressing school, hair, I don't even remember what it was called, you know, 
as a hairdresser, hairstylist, my best friend in beauty school went out celebrating that night. Her name was Cindy. And she had been partying and, you know, we partied on a regular basis. When you're young, you're invincible, right? That's what we feel like. And they were coming around a curve, her and her friends, in a, in a car, and they hit a telephone pole. And Cindy had received a head injury. And the head injury put her back into an infant. The, her capacity was as an infant would be in a human body. I mean, in an adult body. We were all devastated. I mean, we were celebrating. And one of our, you know, one of our tribe didn't make it through the night, at least to where we thought she would be. So I had never had any background with a speech pathologist, never seen what they did, other than movies. I mean, I think there was one with, um, oh, crud, what's his name? Harrison Ford. And he, I don't know if he got shot. I can't remember what happened to him, but he had a head injury. And I remember watching that movie. There was a speech therapist to work with him, and that fascinated me. Um, so I was always, like, really wowed by it that they could help people get, you know, speak again or eat again or understand again or learn sign language or communicate with a communication board, whatever it was. So I um, went to visit Cindy. It was, it was several months later. And she was back home out of the hospital. And I went and saw her, and she was, oh, I, I was just in shock. She was, she was not the Cindy that I remembered or knew. And she had caretakers there. And she was in her home, fortunately. They were able to bring her home and, and have her caregivers come there. But when I got there, the speech therapist arrived. And so I watched, I asked if, you know, if it was okay to stay. And they said, absolutely, that it was probably good for Cindy to have friends around. So they, the speech therapist worked with Cindy. And I decided at that moment that that was my next calling. I need to do this. I need to help people find their voice again. Little did I know it would turn out to, I'd still be doing the same thing, just in a, a bigger, bigger way of what I'm doing now. So I wrote in that letter that when I saw my friend Cindy, not just seeing Cindy like that, but when I watched this woman, this speech pathologist, work with her, I knew at that moment that I had to do this, that I had to help others find their voice. That board, as I read the letter, stood up and gave me a standing ovation. And I cried, just like I'm about to do now. Because I felt amazing at that point. Because my, just my true story, my truth, had wowed these five people in front of me. So I'm telling, I told the young girl this afternoon that story. And I said, and I'm going to tell you what else happened. I ended up receiving a grant that paid for my entire graduate school and gave me a stipend of $1,500 per month while I was in school. I said, that's all from writing a letter. 
had nothing to do with my grades. And as I sat there and watched this young lady listen and still, I could still see the wheels turning in her head, still, wait, but wait, I have to figure it out. Like, we have those lies that we keep saying. And they get in the way. And even if we just heard about this amazing thing that happened for someone else, instead of going to, yes, that can happen for me, it's like, oh, I love that story and that's beautiful. I hope that happens. And then it's back to figuring it out. So we talked about several other things. And as we got off the call, I asked the angels to please, please, please help her get there quickly, easily, and effortlessly to her dreams, to the school she wants to go to, understanding that she doesn't have to be perfect to be allowed in. She doesn't have to have perfect grades to get in. I dropped out of high school two months before senior graduation because I decided I didn't need that shit. I mean, seriously, there's so much that you guys still don't know about me. (laughs) I decided I didn't need it, and I was partying like crazy. I had moved in with um, a local drug dealer's son. And the principal came out, I guess found where I was. I don't know how he found out, but it's, you know, it was a small town. It wasn't hard to find out. He came out, and he knocked on the door one day, and he said, Julia, it was like, it was like two weeks before graduation now. And he said, Julia, Um, please come back to school. If you do, we won't count any of this time against you. Just come back for the last two weeks. Just show up each day, and you're going to graduate with everyone else. Again, right? I shouldn't have, but it was aligned that I did. So I went back, being a little smartass that I was, saying I had a hell of a vacation. Sure, I'll come back now. I mean, it was so bad. I missed first period so much it was history. Maybe it's because I lived it so lived so many of them. I didn't feel like I needed to go listen. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I just missed first period a lot. And my history teacher, when I would show up, would literally say, "Wow, Miss Treat, thank you so much for joining us today. You've graced us with your presence." I mean, he was pissed, but he was hilarious. <laughs> so I tell you all this because I want you to understand and and get it. Let go of the bullshit lies. Stop lying to yourself. Stop deciding how things have to be for something else to happen. Let it go. Just show up authentically. And as I told that young lady today, I said, just speak your truth. Speak from your heart. When you apply and they ask you, you know, write your letter, speak from your heart. Why do you want to do this? Don't Don't write down when you think they want to hear. Be yourself. Ask your angels to help you. They will open the perfect doors for you. And if it's anything like one of my nephews, I said, you know, he was stressing out about where he was going to go to college. He's graduating this year. And I said, you know what? Because he said, what what schools should I apply to? And I said, apply to all of them. All of them that you like, that you want to, you have any desire, all of them. I said, you let the angels open up the door, the right door for you. I've always told him you can't make a wrong decision. So he applied, and he got accepted to all of them. <laughs> so don't you know, a panicked little nephew, not panicked, but very nervous, saying, oh, my God, I got in all of them, so what do I do now? 
How do I choose? What do I do? I said, don't you understand? They just opened all of the doors, so all you have to do is choose what, you, what, what feels the best to you. That's all this is. You can't make a wrong decision. So what kind of lies have you been telling yourself? What kind of programs you got going on inside? What kind of conditioning? What kind of bullshit stories do you continue to tell yourself? And I would suggest that you start journaling those, whether they have to do with career, money, love, health, whatever. Journal why. Where did I pick this up? What's this about? Why do I believe this? Is this 100% fucking true? Do I know this for a fact? Because we don't know anything for a fact. You've been told you have to work hard. To work hard to get where you're going. You've been told to just be grateful. Just be grateful and more shit's going to show up. That's true if you are truly aligned with that. So again, you are writing your story. Each story is not the right one. It is just the right one for you. So one more example before we hang this phone up. <laughs> I hired a coach that cost the most I'd ever paid a coach. A lot of money. I knew from the second meeting that we had gotten together for a far different reason than I ever imagined. I thought I had signed up with this coach to help me really elevate my income. But what I found out right off the bat is that I was with this coach so that I could understand what an amazing fucking coach I am. I hadn't made a mistake, but the lesson I was there to learn was far greater than I had ever, ever imagined. It's never a mistake. That is another lie. If you keep thinking about the mistakes you've made with money or with love or with your health or career or your children or your parents or what you perceive as mistakes, why don't you stop that right now, close your eyes, get very connected and say, I'm done lying to myself, God. I want you to tell me what this is about. What's this about? What was the lesson? What was I supposed to know? Tell me now and be, be very prepared that it's far different than you ever, ever thought. I teach people to see things through God's eyes. My one-on-one -on -one coaching clients get there fast, but it's because we've got, e we're, you know, we've got each other every week. Other people, I know they can't afford the coaching, so they get into my, my group um, my uh, group coaching courses. And yes, they get there, but not as quick as the one-on-one. -on -one. Again, 
it's just as as Tony Robbins says, proximity is key. So you work as closely as possible with whoever it is that you want to be like or learn from. You work as closely as possible with that person. And he's always says, you do whatever it takes to get to that person. I just mentioned in my podcast the other day to move forward with love, determination, and drive. That will shift everything. All right. Time to journal, my friend. I do it myself every single day. You've got this. Let's stop the fucking lies once and for all. Talk to you tomorrow. God bless.